I'm so proud that the other day you said you're not gonna go do holiday shopping by driving to stores. Mm-mm, over that. Never thought you would say that. I never did either, but then I went to the store for something a few days ago, and I was like, this is some old bull. <laughs> and holiday no, shopping thank you. hasn't even started yet. You know, some people are like, like online, some people are done with holiday shopping because sales started way before Black Friday, so why wait? We get a decent amount of our stuff on Amazon, of course. Love Amazon. As does everybody. Wait, it's like we buy too much on Amazon, or is it we buy too little in stores? Well, you know, I'm really trying to like support smaller businesses, like small women-owned businesses, minority-owned businesses, like people who will really celebrate when that new order comes in. Because I've been there, I know what that's like. So I support Amazon. Really, really large warehouses. Well, yin and, <laughs> and yang. the workers inside. You, people look at the reviews. We have to share that concept. You know, they look at the reviews and they go, oh, "Okay, great. It's four and a half stars. We're all good. We got." Oh, you want to tell them about your your trick? So, I share with people. They don't seem to care, which is like no, they blows don't. If it's my on, little if it's mind. On, if it's on Amazon, it's vetted. So, but that's not true, though. But th not everybody is geeky like you. Well, okay, like, but you don't have to be a geek to go to fakespot.com. Fake, F-A-K-E, spot, S-P-O-T, one word, fakespot.com, and you just take whatever you're going to buy, the URL, which is like the website of the thing you were looking at Amazon, and you just put it in there. It tells you if the ratings are legit. Like, is this thing actually worth the stars? Because, you, gotta, I mean, they're making their decision whether they're going to buy this thing based on the stars. And, and this tells you whether those stars, because it... I'm not sure everyone knows this. Like, there are fake reviews and all that good stuff. And this, oh, this weeds. Know. Okay, well, this weeds through know. it. There's one I discovered uh, today called Review Meta. One word, review, and then meta. M as in mom, E-T-A. Reviewmeta.com. It's supposed to be sort of like a cousin of fake spot. I have not used it much. I just sort of dabbled in it before we recorded the show. Um, but, yeah, check those two out. They uh well, fake spot is phenomenal. So I'm going to put in a sidebar here. If you have tech-related ideas or <laughs> questions, or if you're like, hmm, I wonder how this thing works on my Mac, you can also ask Mr. Dave here. <laughs> Welcome to the Teaching Gab podcast episode 9. Nueve. For Saturday, November 24th, 2018, where we gab about the gap. The teaching gap and... The parent gap and... The people gap. The people gap, the knowledge gap. It's a space where we share teacher and parent problems and do our best to find some strong solutions. Here in the kitchen, I'm Dave Crumbine. And right next to him, this is Aisha Crumbine. Sponsor for this show is Home Chef, where you can save 30 bucks on your first order. I know you want to talk about them, but we'll save that for later. We love Home Chef. Use I was going to say a word. Use the link uh, in the show notes to check it out. We'll talk more about them later in the show. And uh, five iTunes reviews are in. Yay! Five. So we, we had to kind of wait to get more um, before it even showed up. So I guess maybe five is the minimum. I don't know. Yeah, I'll but take if you it. could please review us on iTunes, you don't even need to write. You can just click the stars. But we like to read. We're English teachers. So if you want to <laughs> add a little blurb and, you know, let us know how we're doing, we'll take that too. Please do. Uh, jump on iTunes review. It helps uh, more people know about the show.
All right, let's get right to it, shall we? Yep, let's do it. First question comes from Aaron Elizabeth, and uh, how do you set up subplans? And uh, I, I, this struck me as an interesting one because what flew into my head was uh, Marilyn Burns. You remember her? The math. Uh, she like was this math guru, goddess teacher, and then she wrote books on like the lesson plans she did. But the thing that she did that made it so different from any other book on teaching was she actually just wrote down <laughs> the exact words she said. And then she would write down the exact words the kids said So back. like a script. Yeah, it was like a script, but instead of being a script of the 100% of everything that was done, which would include stuff you don't need to read, it was like a script of just the key parts. So like when she stood up in front of the classroom and, and started the direct instruction, that's all written down. And then when she asked a question and a kid answered it, that's written down. But the hey, Miss so-and-so, can I go to the restroom? That's not oh, written down. Oh, yeah, no. Right? Yeah. And um, it, it blew my mind. Cause I, I was like, wait, this is actually, like, I mean, it's there to teach a teacher how to pull off their lesson. And by the way, Marilyn Burt, if you teach math, uh, let's see, maybe, like, lower elementary to sixth grade, I believe. She's got phenomenal resources. I mean, the math lesson is so good, so good. Um, and then you, you read that and you think, wow, this is actually like a version of a subplan because it's like teaching an adult how to teach another one adult to another adult how yeah. to teach, right? So that, that would be my first answer to that question is why not actually script out? Because I know when I, I stood, up, stood up in front of the kids, I was pretty similar in the language I'd use, in each the words time. I'd use, right? Like yeah. each teacher does that. So yeah. like why not just write down like what would you actually say if you were standing in front of them? Because... It's actually pretty, if you read that, the kids are going to be like nodding their heads and write with that sub because it doesn't feel so drastically so, different. So two things I want to point out here. One, shout out to teachers for even having to like do this whole sub plan thing. Like when we take a day off as teachers, it is not a day off, right? Like you have to do all this preparation. So shout out to teachers for doing all this. And then number two, um, I think like one option is this verbatim like scripting of the lesson. I, I with technology now, I'd almost just do a video. And right? I did that once. So like I recorded a video yeah. of a lesson, and the teacher just hit play. Just hit play. Um, and so that's not a bad option because you can just if they don't have tech, they can just run the projector yeah. from the thing. Yeah. Um, that I think this is that option A. Verbatim, option B, tech. that the video, well, yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to feel tech heavy, right? Because mm -hmm. they're just hitting play on a thing. Yeah, like, I mean, and I said video because I think it's just as easy to do a video, but you could just as easy just do a recording, right? Like a voice memo, That's right? True. Like you do yeah, a voice memo, yeah, yeah. and then you don't have to have any tech. You just take the substitute's phone, drop it in a cup to amplify the sound, or plug in some speakers if they have speakers in the classroom, and then just push this. Let this play for the five minutes of direct instruction. Stop it. Give them the directions for the the practice that they're going to do. Push this. You know, like you really can simplify a lot of things and eliminate the variables that sometimes come with having a sub by just, we'll recap verbatim, writing it out, which I think is kind of like old school, video recording, which is the extreme and new school, and then audio recording, which is right in the middle. So you've got three choices of ways to leave your sub plans. Um, well, I, the hybrid was my my favorite, which would be 
like definitely put the times in like okay for the first five minutes the oh, kids yeah. are going to do blank for yeah. the next 10 minutes going to do blank and possibly why would be great um embedded within that if they're going to do 15 minutes on whatever put in the the three sentences the four sentences that would literally come out of your mouth if you were in that classroom yeah and just put that um uh, beforehand like before the thing that says they're going to do for 10 minutes because then teacher can just read those few sentences because I, I think this verbatim thing can get misinterpreted as they're gonna the teacher's gonna stand up there and be reading for 15 minutes straight i mean like that no because hopefully you're direct instruction, you're direct instruction. In well I mean, yeah right like <laughs> if you were not absent if you yeah. were in the classroom yeah. you shouldn't be st standing up for 15 minutes which is another probably a good topic for us to do it down the line um put the times in there so the teacher knows how long it should last um, and and it, it might be nice for you to put in there as a nice little asterisk like for that sub to to give them the name of like two I was or three gonna kids say that. you know I yeah was gonna right say it's like that. these are the kids that are helpful if you want to ask a question you stole my stuff but I, I think it's right like and not necessarily like of choosing the kids who who lead in the classroom right like you always have like a rock star kid, but they're not necessarily the leader in the classroom. Um, if you can figure out like who two or three of your leaders are, who understand all of your systems and routines in your class, who know how you operate, giving the sub those kids names for each class period means that, that they have somebody in the classroom who knows how things should be going and can kind of pull their coattail if things seem to be going awry. The beauty of email is you, you really could be sick morning of and, and put this stuff together and send it off an email versus like, <laughs> we're going to date ourselves here. But when you and I first started teaching, either, <laughs> you, had that paper, either you had that paper you had done the day before for yeah. and put on your desk along like you don't have to go down you that route. You were so organized. I, was, I did a paper well, on my desk. I went home and was like, shoot that didn't work i gotta figure something else out and i was doing it at night the night before so yeah uh oh i hit start I didn't tell you hit start i'm not eating apple this time no so you're, you're not good. no that's good uh next uh next one is also from aaron elizabeth thank you for um writing calling in emailing in what are your thoughts on homework now this is uh what are your thoughts on homework we we could spend like three hours here we could dive into books left and right i was like that is not a soup question what soup are your question. thoughts on homework finding forrester if you have not seen finding forrester um I, I think the question is is really just maybe i interpreted it as in terms of how much i mean there's so many different ways you could interpret the question what are your thoughts on homework I'm going to go radical right from the start. There's nothing wrong with giving none. I mean, if you're giving none night after night after night, probably something's a little off, probably a lot's off. But, like, there's nothing wrong with the given night not giving. I mean, when you go to – the point is we're trying to prepare them for college and beyond and, like, in our, in our, in our careers. And in college, we didn't have physics homework every night, and we don't – have the same homework from our career or any homework from our career every night, right? So, like, that was always, and, and to get serious for a moment, like, that was always my filter, it, is, like, to decide what is right for what you want for them in the class and for what you want from them from their time out of class, yeah. does it mimic, I'm not gonna, I, I'm, I will not use the word successful because it's such a loaded word, does that mimic... Real life. Real life... In, in a life of, of joy and independence and options and 
and strength to some degree. And, and if it does, great, then you're probably making the right call as a teacher. So there are nights that we as adults and in college from at least the same class over and over again didn't have work. Right, so that's fine. Um, this weird, like, have to give homework every night, I think is off. I think part of the challenge is, or one of the things I wonder is, like, how much time in class do you have? And then what are you expecting for kids when they go home, right? Like, if, if you have spent time in class providing direct instruction and providing an opportunity for kids to practice the skill that they've learned in class, and you feel confident that they understand it enough to do a little bit more practice at home, that's fine. But sometimes what I think happens with homework, it's like we teach it in class, we kind of give them an opportunity to practice, and then we give them 30 problems to do at home. And if they don't understand the concept, you've just sent them home to practice something 30 times incorrectly, right? So part of it is like, what is the point? Like, is the point for them to have a little bit of extra practice to make sure that they understand the concept? Is the point of it you know, I don't have enough time in class for kids to sit and read for 15 minutes, but reading is important, and I want them to understand the power and love and joy in reading, so read for 15 to 20 minutes at home. Or, like, what what is the real point? And if you are clear about what that point is and you're confident in your kid's ability to do that work at home without your supervision, because if they do those 30 problems wrong and come back to school the next day having done those problems wrong, you have to reteach and un, like help them unlearn what they spent hours on the night before, which makes more work for you. A second filter that's powerful is, is ask yourself the question, if you were sitting in their chair, would you find value in hmm. doing it? I remember we, we did this thing where teachers did other teachers' homework and it was just, bu- um, and, it was just and, horrible. Well, I mean, it, it ran the range. Yeah. But there's no doubt that, like, there are a lot of teachers who assign homework that they personally would feel is BS if they were doing it themselves. And that that's not okay. Well, and then, and I also think as a parent, like, what is it, what is a good use of my child's time outside of school, right? And I, and I get it, I get it. Been a teacher, am a parent, and I understand that there are not enough hours in the day always to get all of the learning done during school. I get that. But I still, I want my child to be a child. I want my child to have time to play. I want my child to have time to engage with us as a family. And sometimes doing all of the odds on page 65 is 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 <laughs> is overkill, right? Like what what it, what are we doing here? It, it, that boils down to if you could do three problems correctly, why do you need to do fifteen? Because if you do fifteen, you're not really gonna get stronger. And and how how are you gonna get better doing more of what you already know? And you're not gonna get better doing more of what you don't know. So, like, this is screaming the quality over quantity quantity thing, right? Like, I would much rather them have one math problem. Not that it has to be crazy hard. You know what I just thought about when you said, like, you're not going to get stronger doing more? I immediately envisioned somebody doing a bunch of reps of five-pound weights, right? Like, you could do three reps of five pounds, 
or you could do 100 reps of five pounds, but you're not gonna get that much stronger by doing 100, because it's the same skill, right? Either you are pushing yourself or- Wait, wait, hold on, I, I, I gotta cut you off. Hold on, the, the, my workout brain just started spinning. Five, five pounds? Or you said five reps? Five, five pounds. So if Five you, pounds three times do... versus five pounds 100? Is that what you're saying? I was exaggerating on the 100. Well, no, but I mean, I'm not just... But that's like, like what you're saying, like if you do three problems or you do 50 problems, like you're going to build more muscle by lifting heavier weights, right? No? It's an and instead of an or. Oh. Like in, I just don't think the two... Scratch that. <laughs> If you, this is how you know we don't prescript things. He's like, actually, let me check you. Well, I mean, like, you do if you did a hundred reps at five pounds, you're gonna get very strong. And if you can do five pounds at a hundred reps, you shouldn't be doing. It actually gets worse because you shouldn't even be doing three reps at five. But you're absolutely but right on the academic I, side. Okay. No, you're absolutely right on the academic side. I'm just not sure, like muscles. <laughs> Rewind that. <laughs> We're gonna get all this feedback now about working out. Yeah. Um, no, do do less. You know, less is more. Love that one, right? And and we keep sort of harping on. We're, we're finger wagging at, at math homework, and we, so as English, oh, no. we did oh, tons so, of English, see, teachers. English now. And I th- see. I think English is slightly different because you you have to write like it takes time to actually write an essay. It takes time to revise and edit. And I personally. I, I stopped wanting to fight with you clicking on your keyboard. They said, okay, don't do I that. just got real quacky. There we go. There we go. You don't have, you don't quite <laughs> click. You just pound away. To to the point about English though, like I got to a place where I was just like, I'm gonna dedicate time in class for writing, because that's when I know I can control the quality of environment in which they are doing the work. Right? When kids go home yes. and they and they are like trying to do their homework or they're trying to write an essay. There's noise in the background. People are calling them and asking them to do things. The TV is on. They're bored. They don't want to be doing it. So the quality of the environment is not conducive to writing. So I was getting all kinds of crazy stuff back. No. like that. Then it became a waste of my time because I wasn't getting their best work. On the other hand, if they are writing in class... We would have like the lights at the right, like light. We had the window shades open. There was a little bit of music playing in the background. And kids could be in the mood and in the right atmosphere for writing. So it doesn't matter. Like we were picking on math people, but even in English, if that was the case, then if a kid got stuck, I could go help them, right? If a kid gets stuck at home, they just kind of blow it off and keep going. And then the quality of their work is like horrendous. Um, So even as English teachers, you could you could kind of build out your lesson plan so that the bulk of the writing is done in class. And when you get to older kids, then you don't have to worry about their parents, or even younger kids, you don't have to worry about their parents doing their work for them because that's also an issue in some, case, in some situations. I'm going to go even more extreme. If they are able to do the homework pretty well without starting in class, you're given the wrong homework. It doesn't matter what you teach. Start the homework in class! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! And, and I, man, I wish I learned this earlier on. If, from what you said, the confusions plummet because they start asking questions right away because they're in class where they're in that mindset. The hardest part of any project is what? Any project as an adult. The hardest thing of any major project is what? 
starting. So now they've they've started the homework in class. And now they know that they the, can do the it. Mom- they know they can do it. They've, if they had questions, they got through it. They might not even ask you. They're just going to ask you know the, the kid right next to them. The momentum has started. It's like, well, I don't have time for that. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's like, yeah, if you don't have time for that, again, it goes back to the original point that if if they're really able to do it without starting, it's probably too easy, which means there's really no exact point in doing it. Like, it, it, you got to flex some muscles when, when they get home. There's got to be quality, quality over quantity. And there's so much, like, when you say flex muscles, they are practicing the skill under your guidance. Like, they, if they can practice the skill under your guidance, then you are less likely to have them learn or practice the skill incorrectly, which saves you time. Like, we lose time as teachers by having to reteach and reteach and undo and reteach when you control the environment and they do that in class, it actually saves you time on the back end. Teachers, I, uh, at English, I, I've got to put it out because you know I'm in love with the website, um, Hemingway. <laughs> I think it was, a, it was a Hemingway app. I'm, I'm gonna like, can you, can you go on that? Yeah, on my softer keys. Yeah, your my... softer keys. Um, and if you are a parent, please look at this website because uh, it, it's self-explanatory, but it ends up being, yeah, it's Hemingway, yeah, Hemingway, Hemingway app. app.com. It's not an app. It's not an app. Why is it called that? Because they can't use the word Hemingway. Hemingwayapp.com. I love Hemingway. Uh, oh, Ernest, I thought you were going to... Ernest Hemingway. Oh, okay. No, I'm not... A... Okay, she loves Ernest Hemingway. I love the Ernest way Hemingway. I love the app. Yes. Um, and it is phenomenal for helping kids on their writing. Okay, but we're not going to deep dive into that. Um, we did talk about... Uh, we're going to get all this feedback on the workout thing. So uh, how do you reach us? Uh, you can use that teachinggab at gmail.com. Teachinggab, G as in good, A as in apple, B as in banana. Um, 832-819-5166. 832-819-5166. Please email us. Please call us because... We need your ideas. We want your ideas, and we want it to be relevant to you. And this this uh, podcast only becomes relevant if it's stuff you want to hear. So you control that. Oh, this is a doozy. What is it? Listener Essence uh, asks, how do you manage kids when you don't have administrative support? Mm, this is a real thing this is real man this is like right to the pavement as real as it gets and i I, you know this is probably going to be less real in a private school more real in a public school i think that's fair to say Um, yeah probably it certainly fits closer on that range but it just it's it's just it feels uncomfortable to a teacher it it makes you feel as if you're fighting more battles by yourself and you already have too many battles to fight. Yeah. Um, it makes it feel like, why am I doing this if I'm not going to be supported? And it, you, you start start snowballing into other things that you feel like you well, might not be supported. Well, and it just makes supported. you angry. It does. Right? Like yeah, when, you, when you feel unsupported in, in anything, you, these emotions start to come up. And you feel, and you're angry, and the way you start treating people that anger oozes out and that frustration oozes out. Um, and and then, you feel, then you're frustrated because you know you are not bringing your best self, but there doesn't seem to be a solution to the thing that's really bothering you. Um, so I, yeah, 
I'm like, let's let's talk about it. Yeah, let's do it because it, it happens. We need the solutions. Um, we have three ideas on this one. And uh, I, w- I want you to do the first one. All right. So one, so I'm going to restate the question. How do you manage kids when you don't have administrative support? Um, I think one of the things that is so important to do in this case is just write out what what things you've already tried, right? Like if you have a student who is who is misbehaving and you have tried the phone call home, you've tried to move their seat to another direction, you have tried a parent-teacher conference, you have tried to call in somebody who tends to have a good rapport with the student, all of the things you've tried. Now keep keep that list in mind because that was a, a good list. Like if you, you heard the, one of the, those things, right, it was done not quickly, but done as if they're automatically done. And then some of that stuff's not automatically done. So those are, those are good first steps. So say you've done those things. The, the next step is to go to your administrator. I think sometimes what we do is we look at that list and we've like, we have tried everything and I don't, I'm not even sending them to the office because they're not going to do anything, right? The next step is to sit to either send an email to your administrator or like at the end of school, walk into their office and say, skip hey, the email. skip the email. Okay, he said skip face the email. To face. Face-to-face. Catch it's, them. It's, <laughs> the trick with an admin is catch them at the right time when they're, they're, they're open-minded, they're available, and they're not. And they're going to say, how do you know when that is? I mean, like, I, well, I would I mean, say, like, if a teacher came to me, and I didn't, it didn't matter if I was on lunch duty or if I was, like, in my office during their break, even if they just said, if they sent me an email and said, hey, can I come down and talk to you during yeah, my break today, yeah, right? The and then you get the face-to-face. And you go to that administrator and you say, you know what? I am having a really hard time with Johnny in class. This is what this is what's happening that's distra- distracting him from learning and disrupting other students from learning. And here are the the five or six things that I have tried to redirect him, to get him invested in his learning, and none of these things seem to work. I need your help. I need you to help me think through what other things I can do, what other resources I can utilize because I feel like the other kids in my class are getting the short end of the stick because we can't figure out a plan for Johnny, right? And that way you're coming to the administrator saying, here's what's already been done, right? Sometimes we just assume that our administrators know what we've done and they don't. Like they have hundreds of kids and in middle school and high school, they have thousands of kids on campus. They can't possibly keep up with all of the things that are happening in each one of those classes. So if you go to that administrator and say, here are the things I've tried. I'm I'm not bringing you something without having put in the work first. I need your help. I don't think any administrator is going to say, mm, I can't help you. You got to figure it out, right? Because then you have a bigger problem. But what I think they will do is say, okay, let's think through what are some other options. And if there are not any options that the two of you can come up with, then the next step is, okay, so what are we going to do? Because this cannot continue to go on. The kids in my class are suffering. Number two, it's really easy. It's really easy. It's very typical for the admin, whether that's the you know the vice principal or dean or or principal, school director. They're going to be probably the busiest people on campus, and they're also going to be thrown so many emails, so many tasks, so many interruptions, so many parent things that come up that you as a teacher are not aware of is 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 very realistic. And so what it's, when the question, kind of going back to the question and the idea of like you don't have admin support, 
brings me to the, the idea of like, well, how do you know? Like, how are you interpreting that you're for sure they don't have the support? And it, yes, it's possible that they could be have just put down a, a door and said, I'm not helping you with this kid. I think until you actually hear some version of those words, yeah. you shouldn't assume at 100% that you don't have admin support. Um, I've never, I've been, I've been way fortunate to be surrounded by really strong principles over the years, and I've never heard one say that. What, what I have seen is it can seem like they don't care because they're not prioritizing it. And then you're like, well, they're not prioritizing the student. They're not going forth and, and making progress, help me with this kid. It also could just be like, that's list 126 on the day for them. Yeah. In a, in a day that it's only realistic that they can get to 78. Yeah, and, I, and I, having been an administrator, I sometimes think that, that empathy goes both ways, right? Like empathy goes in the way of like as a teacher, administrators are like fighting battles all day long, right, with all the kids and all the parents and all of the district bureaucracy, blah, 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 blah. And I'm not saying that, you know, I could hear someone saying, well, that's their job. They signed up for that. I understand that. But there's, there is some measure of everybody is doing their work, right? And we do need to lean on each other for support. So when a teacher comes in and says, I'm having an issue with this student, there's got to be a sit down and a measure of, I know that your work is hard as an administrator. I know that you know that my work is hard as a teacher, but together we've committed to take care of kids and to provide the best education possible, and I need your help. So what I, to finish off this in, in number two, like, so how do you translate that? Like, they're busy, we get that. It might be they want to help, but just they're not prioritizing it. Yeah, a, a huge part, I th- of the success I've seen with the teachers who are able to get the admin support the most are the ones that typically end up having the strongest relationship with that leader. Yeah. Is it okay? I don't know. I mean, like, what, what? I don't think this is the episode to debate that. In any environment, the strength of the relationship is what's going to bring the greatest progress. Ooh, say that again. In any environment, <laughs> the strength of the relationship is what's going to bring the greatest progress. And so if you have a very strong relationship with your principal, your vice principal, dean, whatever the title is, that's gonna carry a lot of weight. And that could be misinterpreted as like, well, you're, 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 you're trying to be nice or be, you're being insincere. No, no, I don't mean being insincere. I mean like you have a genuine good relationship with that person. That's critical, that's critical. Doesn't make a difference whether you're a teacher or not. It doesn't matter whether you're in a school or not. That has always seemed to me to be critical. Um, and, and I say that because at that point, the, the, the greater the relationship you have with the admin, or if you're not someone who's good at making relationships, then the leader of the grade level or a person on the grade level could be that sort of liaison for you, but someone has to be the liaison with that, with that admin. And then the, this is like the, the punchline here is that the closer, whoever is closest, then can do what I, what I would call being politely being a broken record. 
and 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 I absolutely use this tactic over and over again. And wear them down. And and yeah, it's just like you know, you're not being a jerk. Let me just be clear: like you're not being a jerk. You're not being a bulldozer in a china shop. You're not storming to the office. Like nothing aggressive. I mean, I guess in repeating yourself, that could be interpreted as aggressive. But it's 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 polite assertion. It is continuing when you're having an issue with that student, and you're not. And and it's again like. You, Part of that thing is like you said, like how would you know that that admin's available? How would you know they're free to talk or they're emotionally free? Well, that that you know, right? That goes along with the relationship. Like if you have a good relationship with someone and you can't read the body language, you don't have a good relationship with that person. And you know what? I'm going to pause for a second because we are talking like teachers and students, but this applies to parents too. Like this this notion of like wherever you have the best relationship is where you make the greatest progress. Like that works. For, from parents to teachers, parents to administrators, like this is not just specific to teachers. This applies across the board. Being a broken record would mean that consistently you have an issue. It's like, dude, I need your help. Like, dude, I need your help. Like, so this is what's happening here. Like, where, where, do, you th- where do you think you can come? And, and I would have times where I went five times within a 24-hour period. And in for the first four times, I would always get like, okay, I'll help you or okay, I get it, or something. I, I wouldn't get action, but I got it on the fifth time. And and that, that went, and, and you know, little asterisks on here, like the second you could get them to get their foot in the door, they're starting to commit a little bit. And all you need is a and little bit. And if you bit. just need a little bit, like if they just commit a little bit to like it being not just my problem of my student, but our problem of our student is yeah. huge. Step yeah. three um, is huge, which are solution three, you know, build, we talk, just talk about relationships, build a relationship with the parent. Like you've got, I, I have a very hard time. I'm going to be kind of a, a pain here. Like in a teacher that comes to me and says like, I'm having such a hard time with Samantha. When was the last time you met with Samantha's mom? Oh, we tried that. When? <laughs> and you can see where this is going. Like what, well, she just, she doesn't want to come in. Like, come on now. Like, she loves her daughter. Are you a pro- are you trying to set that parent conference up as if you're trying to jump down her throat? Or are you trying to just, like, can we collectively try to figure this out together? And this goes back to the episode um, where we talked about difficult conversations with uh, parents, with parents yeah. right? So look at that, that one is, is we're, that was that was dense in a really good way. So look what that one up. What episode number was that? Do you remember? Yeah, it's in there. So you'll, you'll see it. Okay. Um, have build that's a great way to start that relationship with the parent. I mean, how can you build a relationship over the phone? How can you build a relationship over email? Like this is not going to work. So get a face some face face time with the parent. This is not the I know people are rolling the teachers are rolling their eyes right now. I'm like no no, this isn't it. This is not step 3. This is the start to step 3. Step 3 is then something I have almost never seen teachers do and I when in extreme cases or even medium cases I would pull this tactic and have huge success is ask the parent to sit in class it, it can be what only no they can just they don't tell the kid and like you kind of like get in this rapport with this with the parent like we're doing this together like so don't even tell your child and every time the parent be like oh yeah i'm not gonna tell him, i'm not gonna tell him. like they, they like the fact the, they're they getting love the sneak attack <laughs> yeah they're getting involved with you on a plan on a sneaky plan and and they just come in and even if they just came in for 15 minutes I mean, no, I just, I've never heard a parent say, like, I'm too busy, I can't come in for 15 minutes. Like, hey, would you mind sitting with her 
for like 15 and of course like 15 could grow from there but like when's there a time you could come in i'd love to have you just like just sit with her, next to her in class just to kind of see some of the things i'm struggling with because you know her better than i do like can you sit with her so i can see some some of these things that are happening and then of course like there's the funny part of this which is well if the mom sits with samantha in class she'll be perfect and yes i've heard people say like well so it doesn't do anything no 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 like it's the complete opposite if if you're having such a problem with the kid that you're you're throwing stuff at, at the wall not when kids are there like you're metaphorically and and you have samantha's mom come in and samantha behaves like an angel like you just got the very thing you wanted and then you think, well, what's the point? Because the mom's not gonna, is then going to leave. No, 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 no. You're missing it. Like if Samantha acts really well and follows directions and she's following through, what drives motivation besides progress? Well, I'm not going to say it. Like, there are two things that drive motivation the most. A is progress and B is, is compliments, genuine compliments. compliments. So now when Samantha's mom leaves, or even better, even better when Samantha's mom's there, you could debrief at the end of class. Maybe mom's still there. You got like five different compliments you could give Samantha. When's the last time you gave Samantha five compliments? And then on top of that, she made progress on stuff, I'm sure, in class. I mean, that was the whole point, right? If she behaved well, well, she behaved well on what? Like <laughs> She had to have done something. So now you can like highlight the progress you made in class. So now you've, you've taken the two, and I'm going to say it again because this, this is huge, the two things that drive motivation the most. Progress. And, and, and compliments, I mean, the, the, or feeling like I'm doing the right thing, I'm valuable. Because if you think a kid is acting on in class and they think they're valuable, like, no, baby. Like, the reason they're acting on in class is because they don't feel valuable. So they're acting on in class to feel the very value that they don't have. I mean, that's why kids do what, that's why kids act all, all, all over the place most feel, of the time. I feel like I need to like throw the white hanky so, like in church because I'm like, this is so good. Like, this is so good. Well, this is one of the things that I love about these questions because they seem as if like there's a cookie cutter answer. And I think sometimes there is a cookie cutter answer. But what you get from doing that cookie cutter, from what you get from the opportunities that are given to you that are missed. Um, is like one of the things that I think we need to talk more about later on of, of sometimes the best teaching is just not missing an opportunity. And, 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 and what I mean by that, and there's like a typical example, and we're kind of going on a tangent, but then I'll stop. It's like I'll, when I observe teachers and then I, I look, I'm not seeing things done badly as like the thing that's the most troublesome to me. It's what's missed oh, that was an opportunity to ask that question. That was an opportunity to not ignore that kid but compliment the question that they asked. That was an opportunity to build a little bit of relationship with that kid in the back of the room who did that right thing. That was an opportunity to like work with the feedback you're getting. And so, right, that, that, that's like a whole different thing. I, I won't do more on that. But where there are things that are not working, a kid who's acting out, you don't have admin support, there are absolutely places, and, and I think we've thankfully we've talked about some of them in the last few minutes, where you can end up having an opportunity to not just try to fix the problem, but go further than fix the problem. So I heard a few key takeaways before we kind of shut this part down. One key undercurrent in all of this is like the power of we. 
right? It's what can we do together to address this issue and whether that power of we is between us as teachers and the administrators or whether it's between teachers and parents or parents and teachers and parents and administrators, there is this there is so much power in what can we do together um, that feels so different that invites invites us to problem solve together because sometimes we approach it as this is not my problem anymore now it's yours right and that will that makes room for no progress right but if you kind of operate with this power of we you can get a lot of places faster um, the second thing like that that golden nugget of like what motivates people doing the right thing or doing like feeling like you're making progress and um, compliments and feeling valued like that gets at the root of so many things of like why kids are acting up why teachers are unhappy in their position because sometimes they feel like I'm not valued I don't know if I'm doing the right thing I don't get those compliments um, so for the administrators who are listening like that works for everybody it works for parents it parents. works for kids it works for teachers it works for everybody somebody's acting up in your world in your sphere Find something to compliment them on. And I think one thing, like as you were talking, Dave, I was like, the, the mistake we typically make, we have a kid's parent come into the classroom and the kid behaves beautifully. And instead of complimenting them on all the things that they did well, we say to them, so why can't you act like that when your mom's not here? Jeez. Right? You just undid. Uh, you just undid all of the... Lost opportunity. You lost... You just squandered away all of that opportunity. Right? And that's our natural instinct. Like, our natural instinct is like, oh, you can act like that when your mom is here. Why can't you act like that when she's not? You can act like that. This is this works at home. When, you, when your mom is home, you act this way. But when your mom is gone, you act totally differently. No, 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 no. Like, don't undo what you've just created. You, just, you get to tell, like, you did so well following instructions today. You did such a good job taking them. notes. Okay, so do not do not use the words good job. Like, no. please eliminate good job from your vocabulary. You good job, period. But you could say you could you did a great Ugh, job. But it's just, it's heard so much, it doesn't carry meaning. And the reason it doesn't carry meaning is there's never a connection. So you're to saying what you're be saying more specific right. in the... You're like, name it, right? No, no, you did. Oh, right? but, I was I like, mean, but I did. But name the specific thing they did. And, and, I, and I, I'm going ch to challenge you is don't use the words good job. It doesn't carry weight you can use any other words you want like it was awesome how you did blank but like be real clear real specific how you did blank. but it's almost like the apology one we talked about in the last scene like it's if it's not specific it didn't happen so it's like you you your notes were really great today and on Does the count yeah or you okay. you you, for like a minute and a half, I mean, as, as measurable as you can get, like for a minute and a half straight, you were just going at it on the notes. And then I saw you turn to so-and-so and ask a question and check something. Like, that was beautiful. I absolutely loved it. For some reason, saying to a kid, can you work on that, carries, it, it just really works. I've never understood it. And, I, and, and the, the reason I share that is saying to them, like, it was awesome how you did this thing right and this thing right. Like, when you're going through the debrief, can you, tomorrow, can you work on that? And, and, and those words carry, like, psychologically, they really work very well. Final challenge in terms of this concept of building relationships and making what we're ultimately talking about, and it started to, to open this door, which I love, is we're talking about the culture of the classroom. Yeah. And it, this is something that I don't understand why it's not talked about very much. It needs to be. 
because the culture of the classroom drives the academics. The academics do not drive the culture of the classroom. Say it again for the people in the back. The culture of the classroom <laughs> drives the academics. You can't say it while you, laughing because they need to understand. You understand like every single podcast app has like a rewind by 15 seconds. And uh, but people, people fast forward, Because you rewind. rewind, you rewind too far and you're like, but wait, that's not where it was. I'm saying, it's got a say 30 it, second. listen, say it again. The culture the drives the academics. Academics do not drive the culture. So it is, it, is it chicken or egg? No, it's not chicken or egg. No, no, it like culture is first. Culture is first. Because kids work for people who they believe care about them. And so people, not even kids. I'm not gonna say kids. People work it goes to parenting, for people that goes who to they employment. believe care about them. I show up at my job because I know that the people I work with and for care about me. Right? I have a, the final challenge to end this episode. Again, please write in. Please call in. Final challenge, parents and teachers. I challenge you the next time you are parents around your kids and, and actually interacting, not just existing in the same space, interacting for 30 minutes an hour teachers the next time you are in class i challenge you to count how many positive yeses affirmations you do compared to the negatives and the no's hmm. did i do no's and tell kids they shouldn't do something and, and even be tough on kids absolutely anyone that knows me knows like oh yeah yeah he, he was <laughs> but i but i called it tough love and and i think that's really easy to misinterpret and my definition of tough love I haven't heard it used a ton, but my definition is like you are going to have a very strict line that you are also willing to be flexible on because as the title of, of, a, of a book and a headmaster in a Northeast private school, a boy is, and it was an all-boys school, a boy is more important than a rule. A boy is more important than a rule. A girl is more important than a rule. So like you need to be able to flex, but your, your ultimate goal is to give love. Your ultimate goal is to, to give and in that classroom, I have absolutely been inside of classrooms where the proportion of no's and, and, and angry voices and, and negativity was so incredibly higher. If you were to count, like just literally counting, like here are my tally marks on a piece of paper. If I want to know if a classroom culture was strong, if I want to know that my, maybe this is like, risky to say or provocative i don't care that's who i am if i wanted to decide whether i thought parenting was do, was strong when i'm like watching parents hang out with kids i could just do tally marks count the number of no. times count no's or negatives don't or do don't do that like Stop or, it. or to, even a, a, a tone of voice that's kind of funky and, and are we saying you can't do those things no i'm just saying like it can't be disproportionate, and, and ultimately the goal is that the majority, which still means could be, you know, 20%, well, you know, 30% no is a negative, but you're surrounded by 70% but you know of what, like, you know what it is? This goes back to what we talked about at the beginning. Like, we, what are we trying to produce when, in our kids? Like, we are trying to produce human beings who can monitor and manage themselves, right? And if we are always there telling them, no, don't, stop, we are drawing the lines around them so much so that they cannot learn how to manage themselves. And we right? talked about communication is, is 90% not the words. So saying things like, what are you doing? is very different from like, what are you, what are you doing? Yeah. It's the exact same words, different tone of voice. Um, 
all this came from listener Essence's question. Thank you, Essence, for asking this question because uh, we came up with with three steps, and and you know nothing's a, a for sure, um, but they're they're certainly worth giving them a shot. And if you try any of these out, email us and let us know how it goes. Like if you heard something today that you thought, huh, I hadn't thought about that before. Let me go put that into practice. Or how email do you us. blank? Yeah, email us. You talked or, about this thing. How do you? Or call us. We we want to know how you're putting this into practice. 